0: yeah so my name's richard uh, it's good to be able to sh- preach with you, um, as you would have seen lastly was my wife on the screen, so she did have to have an operation this week um, so her foot is busy recovering She's, they say they'll that she will be off her feet for four weeks um, and uh, yeah, so that means a lot of work at home for for ourselves um but, yeah, just uh, keep her in her prayers. She's in a lot of pain, uh, and the physio and the hard work and everything like that starts in the next uh, next week. So, yeah, just thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support up until now, and we appreciate your continued support going forward. Cool. So I found it amazing this morning, just the word that, word that uh, Zandi brought. I think it ties in very much with what I've been thinking of sharing um, I've had a battle the last couple of days to, to decide whether it must be the one preach I, I prepared or the other preach that I prepared. Um, and last night, I was preparing the one, and I'm really, really keen. And the size lies or everything up in there. And I said, God, God kind of, or, was it God? Or was there was just a bit of doubt in my head of what to preach to the, today. But it ties in with, with what I did prepare. So you're going to get a prepared preach. You're not going to get the, the off-the-cuff uh, preach. So you know, let's start. It says... In the song that I listen to a lot, it says, But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, Do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, This is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. This is a song that's very, very pertinent in my life. Um, I spend many times... And when I hear this song and when I hear the words of this song, I reminisce a lot about the times when I've been listening to the wrong voices, about when the other voices that are supposedly have power over me to, to create in me a, a negative mindset, a negative view of life start to play louder and louder in my head. When I've spent many, many times crying to the song, saying, Lord Why did I listen to those voices? Why did I chase after the things that those voices were telling me to chase after? And he restores me every single time. He allows me to then go through that reflection time and understand that, yes, I listened to the wrong voices, but I'm listening to his voice now. And there is a definite thing there that says that I will choose to listen and believe. And so today we're going to talk about cruise ships to battleships again. So if you were here last week, Craig spoke about cruise ships to battleships. I'm going to just break, on, break into that topic a little bit more by bringing some of the other stuff that we've discussed um, during the year um, into the picture as well. But in all the times of reflection, and all the times that I reflect on the song, the voice of truth, I'm reminded of Romans 10, verse 17, where it says, We see that faith comes through hearing the message, and in that is the word about Christ. And so today I want to talk a little bit about faith in action, doing faith, actually doing faith. We've talked about unshakable faith. We've talked about um, having grit during this time. We've talked about um, battleships, cruise ships to battleships, not the other way around. But all these things, grit, becoming a battleship, requires an unshakable faith, an unshakable faith that today would seem difficult to have. So my challenge today and what I want to leave you with at the end is just an opportunity to respond to this, an opportunity to become, and I think the word that Zandi brought there, to become intentional about that battle. Um, While I talked about picking a fight, and today I'd like to leave you with the opportunity to pick a fight. To pick that fight and to pick that thing that you would like to overcome, that you would like to chase down, that you would like to see God moving in. And then I also want to just give you a glimpse of what unshakable faith or faith opens the door to. Not only for us, but unshakable faith is about others. Us demonstrating unshakable faith is about other people. So let's just keep that in mind. Um. The main scripture that I want to look at today is James 2, verses 14 to 24. It's quite a big piece of scripture, um, and it's entitled, Faith and Deeds. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your um, iPads, your phones, whatever it might be, let's uh, go there and read this together. It says here in verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that, and shudder. You foolish person, do you you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Harsh words there, faith without deeds is useless. I take it quite, quite hard. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Our faith needs to lead, lead to us doing things. Our faith needs to be, uh, our, our actions need to be an outworking of what we believe and what we hold dear to. If we don't have that connection, it says here in this scripture that without that connection, faith without deeds is dead. And so we really need to look at what does that doing look like? What does doing faith really look like? And if I had to ask you just quickly, what, what is faith? Um, what, does, what is faith? The question, what is faith, is asked many times. Um, Hebrews 11 is where we go, isn't it? If I had to say to you, give me a, a scripture that talks about faith, you'll go straight to Hebrews 11 and talk about um, how, how the Bible defines faith. And I think that's important. It's important that we go to a biblical definition of faith, rather than allowing the world to determine what faith is for us. So what does it say in Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 3? It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That first line is what we, we normally hang on to. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. In sports and in business world, there can be a fine line between confidence and arrogance. Some people can become arrogant and conceited about what their belief system is and, what, and who they are. But that confidence is normally a confidence in themselves and becomes that becomes arrogance where this confidence is a confidence that is placed in our god a confidence in his ability and a, con- a confidence in his ability to do things through and in us out of our response to him so i'm going to ask wawa to get my my golf club and golf balls over there and i'm going to just give you a little bit of a, a story and it's a story that played out this week about just be careful. <laughs> yeah. So it's a story that played out this week. Um, if you are a golf follower, you would have seen that there was a tournament that took place at Centurion, the Sunshine Tour event. And it was won by, I'm going to ask someone else to pronounce the surname, Jacques Kreisweg. Kreisweg? Kreisweg. And it was quite interesting to me, to, for me to just watch it and watch the ending of it because what I saw... Three years ago at a golf club that I went to play at was Jacques Kreisweg on a putting green. I saw him there. He was putting with his coach, and I'm going to get maybe someone who's more confident with the golf club in, in their hands so, um, to, to give a, a kind of an, an example of this. So well, he was putting, and he was practicing a little three-meter putt. So three meters is not an exceptionally long putt, but it's not an exceptionally short putt. So it's a fairly decently long putt, and that's what he was practicing. He was practicing that, and he must have hit the same putt with the same um, Trying to break. I'm looking at the blank faces. (laughs) At the same turn on the green, about 150 times. He just sat there and he putted, 150 times, 3 meters. And he just tried to get as many of those putts in as possible. And that built up confidence in that, his ability, and it's built up confidence over the years in his ability to sink that distance putt. So he's now become accustomed to standing over that putt and being aware that he can make that putt 98 times out of 100. So, I'm not that confident. Um, but what, I, what, what played out this week in the, in the Sunshine Tour event was that on the 17th hole, he was tied for the lead, and he had a three-meter putt to stay tied for the lead. If he had missed the putt, he would have fallen one shot back and not been kind of competing on that last hole for for the competition. And he stood over there, and I clearly remember him making that putt at the golf course that I was at and just watching him, him practice. And there was no kind of doubt that he would make it, and he stood up there, stood over, and made the putt and went in And down the last hole, he ended up winning the tournament by one shot. And it was that confidence in doing this thing that he had been practicing and practicing and practicing that gave him the ability to do it when it most mattered. And this is what I'm referring to when I'm talking about our faith in action. Our faith in action is us becoming confident in our God that he will do that thing. And even if he doesn't do it like we wanted to, he will work it out for his glory and through him we will see his name glorified. So one of, the, one of the other examples that we have of faith in action is as we sit here today, and as we watch, we've seen the videos of the building taking place. This is faith in action. So what is it that we hope for? We hope that we would see people coming into these doors, that the, that the space that we are creating would enable more and more people to come through these doors, not for selfish reasons, but for reasons to see people come into the kingdom of God, people to be saved, people to be able to participate in that, what God is doing in Centurion. There is a big job in Centurion. Centurion is one of the bigger expanding cities that we, we, we see. If you drive out on the west, you see that there's new houses going up on a daily basis. So there's work to be done here. And so this size building needs to increase. The opportunity for more people to come in needs to increase. The opportunity for more worship leaders, the opportunity for more leaders, preachers, teachers, participants needs to take place. And this is what this is. is It's a hope that we will see more people come into the kingdom of God. It's a hope that we will be able to engage with more people on a Sunday morning than we currently do. That's good? But what is the invisible thing now? What is the thing that we cannot see? What we cannot see is during a time of COVID, during a time of lockdown, that that we can't see these people coming in because there are restrictions that exist. So our faith has to be put to the test in this instance. We could very easily sit back and say, well, let's only build once the restrictions go. Let's only build when there's more people here that we actually can't fit into the building. Let's only build. But a step of faith by the, the, the... the eldership team, and the people within this church is let's build now and let's see what God does. And we look forward to seeing what God does. So, yes, there's practical things that are taking place. But from a practical point of view, we're hoping to see God glorified through it. And so it's great to see those those videos, to really see the walkthrough for the people at home to be able to see what's going on here. Like I said earlier, I want to run up and down the stage uh, um, preaching to the people in the various uh, corners. So I'm not ignoring you. I'm just getting used to standing in the middle and making sure that you can see me. I'm sure they can hear me on the, on the camera if I'm out of picture. But we see this in a, in a bub- biblical sense too. So we see an, a nation being told to, to make their tent bigger. We see in Isaiah 54, two, 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 2 verse 3, translate 2 and 3 together, we read a similar challenge, a call to action ...of faith in the words brought by a prophet. They are encouraged to enlarge the place of their tent, to stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities." So this is what we hear the Israel nation was challenged with. They were challenged to make space for people, to make space for an enlarging nation, make space for the promises of God to be brought into their their nation. But there's more examples of this. And if you read through Hebrews 11, you will see more examples of it. So I would like us to just explore a little bit of those examples. I'm not going to go into every one, because if you go into every one, we'll be here for another six-week session of, of preachers. But just very briefly today, I would like us to look at a couple of those ones that stuck out to me. Uh, examples of, of how do we become battleships? How do we follow in the, in the foot, footsteps of people who were battleships in their, their generation? And there's no particular order to this, so it's not, I'm not saying that this is the formula. I'm not saying X plus Y equals blessing. Blessing. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's not if you do this in this particular order. What I'm saying is these are the things that you need to be intentional about. You need to have a look and say, so how do I respond to this message? How do I respond? Is it that I need to do one? Is it that I need to do three or four? Is it that I need to just be aware of the great glory of God and his ability and so that I can have more confidence in who he is? So if we look at the first, first example, we pick it up in, in verse 4 where it says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. So the lesson we learned, and sorry, I went out of order um, at the back there. So the lesson that we learned is Abel brings the best of ourselves as a, of himself as a sacrifice. But the lesson for us is that we need to bring the best of ourselves as a sacrifice to him. So we know what he's blessed us with. We know what he's put in our hearts, and we need to bring that back to him as a sacrifice to him, whether it be within the local church contents, whether it be in a, a wider sphere of people that you have influence with. We need to bring to God the best sacrifice of ourselves. We can't be giving him just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We need to say, God, this is me. Take all of me. And in that, we will see our faith influence others. But I'll get to the influencing part a little bit later, because you can see here, it says, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Interesting that. I'll pick up on that a little bit later. The second one doesn't talk specifically to a character of the Bible. It talks to... Um, just a verse that we see in Hebrews, and that is his verse 6. But the second lesson is that we need to earnestly seek Him. So again, it's earnestly seek Him. It says in verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So we have this element of earnestly seeking Him, really trying to hear from Him and see what he wants out of us. It's quite easy in a busy day to kind of pass and gloss over this. I've experienced that this week with just hospitals getting wives out of bed for for the bathrooms and all of this type of thing. It's very easy to to gloss over it. And because I've had to preach this week, there's been this real need for me to earnestly seek what he what, what he's what he's saying. And should this be only when we? preaching or when we're leading a life group. Shouldn't this be all the time? To be a battleship, we need to earnestly seek Him and understand what our mission is. The third example is of Noah. And the lesson there from Noah is to step in obedience to to God's Word. So when we earnestly seek Him, we hear from Him. When we hear from Him, we can step out in faith. We can step out in obedience to his word. We all know the story of Noah. We all know what happened with, with Noah, the, how he was ridiculed and he was um, seen to be mad, but he followed and he obediently listened to the word of God. We see it again in verse 29 and 30 of, of, of Hebrews 11. It says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell, after the army had marched around them for seven days. Again, there's an element of action, doing. So I'm here, I'm obedient, and I, I have an action plan in place. So they had to physically walk around the city. They had to walk through the Red Sea. They had to do something. The fifth thing, and this was probably the most sobering part of this uh, of Hebrews 11 for me, it was incredibly sobering when I read this, and I read it again, and I read it again. In Hebrews 11, verses 13 to, to, and verses 39, it says it twice, once in uh, in 13 and once in 39. But I'm just going to read 39 to you and hear the, hear the wording here. For me, it stuck out, and I, I really was kind of sobered by this thought. It says here, these were all... Commended for their faith. So talking about the characters. They were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what they had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. So it's not saying that the promises of God aren't true and you aren't going to receive what he has promised. But it is saying that we need to live with eternity in mind is that our life on earth needs to be lived with this eternity picture in our mind. That what we're doing is for a king. What we're doing is so that one day we will be in his house with him. And then we will have a fulfillment of the faith and the belief that we have in him. It's one of the things that is has knocked quite, um, quite a lot in, in, in our world, is the two, two main cornerstones of our, of our, our faith. Creation of the world and Jesus Christ coming and dying for us; these are two of the biggest things that are, are questioned. But if we live with eternity in mind, and our faith is set on He created the world out of nothing, and that Jesus Christ came and He died for us, and we can live with this eternity picture in mind. So, just quickly, what is us doing faith? What is the impact of it? And this is important for me. So we we do this thing, we we outwork faith in our lives, we build buildings out of faith that we will see, out of a hope that there will be something else coming. We do all this, but why? And what are the impacts of that? So I just want to have a look at four impacts of walking in faith, four impacts that encourage me to continue with this element of walking in faith and doing faith. And the first one is that when we do and when we walk in faith, it allows others to follow. So people see us doing it, and it allows others to follow in what we're doing. They see us, and we've seen it this week, they see us doing an action of creating space for people, and more people come on. Ashburn, I hear you were the distinguished gentleman with uh, overalls on knocking down walls this week. Hey, Wonderful, eh? Hey? And so... Us doing faith, us doing life together, um, believing that Jesus, that God created the world and that Jesus died for us, allows others to follow. The second thing is that it encourages others of the possibilities. We're busy at work building a system, um, and it's a system that all our company can use, everyone in our, our business can use. And what we have been told is that we can't create everything for everyone. So we are a team of four, but we can't create everything for everyone. But if we can show people the possibilities of the system, then people will start doing as well. And so this is the element that we encourage others of the possibilities by doing faith. The third thing is that it points to the Creator, the one we have faith in. And lastly, quite an important one, especially when you look at that verse above that says... um, yet none of them received what had been promised. It opens doors for the next generation. Just as Mike planting the church has opened doors for the next generation, just as Colette and Craig deciding to extend the church building has also opened the doors for the next generations. When we see the plans for down below, there is a next generational element of it. We might stand here and not enjoy the fruits of the labour but the next generation will. And this is something that we do faith for. So, in conclusion, winding down. um, I do have a couple of other points there, but I think let's, let's wind it and leave it at this. Is that we are called to be doers. We are called to have faith, but that faith requires a doing. That faith builds up a confidence in who we are, and who he is, and in that faith, we're able to open doors for the next generation. While I started this meeting with saying that we need to, and while we remind me of your words, we need to start a fight. We need to pick a fight. There's things in our lives and in the people's lives here that we need to start picking a fight. The fight that I decided to pick over there was for my daughter's health. So we, we pick fights for these things. What is it that you are standing in faith for? What is it that today, when you've heard this, you've said, I need to be more intentional about living with eternity in mind. What is it that you have said, I need to be able to step out in obedience to? Cindy, not to pick on you, but that word came today. So what is the response to that word? What is the obedient step out to that word? There's many others that have had words. There's many others who are in changing seasons of their lives. Um, that require faith, that require steps of faith. What is your response to that? Are you going to go home and earnestly seek him? Ask him, what is it that is the next step? What is it that you're calling me to? Is it to this or is it to that? I don't want to put um, things on people's hearts without uh, it being something from God. But there is a calling and there is roles to be played in various elements of local church, in apostolic church, What is it that you're calling me to? What is it that I can do that can allow other people to follow? What is it that I can do that will encourage others of the possibilities of doing that thing? Maybe there's people who have got a calling on their lives, but are just a little bit afraid to step out into it because they've never seen it done before. And what if it's you that steps out and does it that creates that possibility for others to do it? Do we have the ability through what we do on a daily basis and the way that we live out our faith to point to the Creator? And lastly, are we living with eternity in mind, and do we have the next generation on our hearts? So let's pray. Everyone stand with me. Lord, we thank you for that we can put our confidence in you. We thank you that we can have hope in you and the calling that you have on our lives, Lord God. I thank you that you enable us to fight battles, that you enable us to stand up strong through a belief in you, a hope in you, and a faith that is founded on who you are. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage us to um, take those next steps to put things in place in our lives and be intentional about our relationship with you and our hearing from you. I pray that our faith would be stretched over this time. The one point that, we, we, that I didn't make, Lord, was the fact that faith can sometimes be following an uncomfortable path. It's not always an easy path, but it can be an uncomfortable path that we have to follow. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would know that we go on that uncomfortable path with you that we go on this journey with you, that you are always with us, that you are always near us, um, and that you are keeping us in your hands. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would have a, an understanding of the bigger picture, understanding of the bigger picture that you have us a part of, understanding of what our role is for the next generation, and even if we are the next generation, what is our role for the next generation after that. pray, Lord Jesus, that you would put your calling on our heart that we would be confident in our ability to do that what you have called us to do, in obedience to what you are saying to us thank you Father that there is a commissioning taking place in people's hearts now, that there is a fight that people are starting to fight again, a fight that maybe they got tired of fighting a fight that they maybe got bored of fighting and they've kind of said well I'll just give that one up I don't want to stand for that anymore I pray that you would ignite again that passion to fight, that faith to fight that battle, and to see your victory, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we see um, the bigger picture again, that we see the eternity picture, that we would know what we do is to bring glory to your name. Our doing of our faith and the deeds that come out of our faith are for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name.